Welcome to the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast from CBS Sports. One, one pitch. Fastball pulled and Got a fantasy question? Email fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. Get ready to win your league. Where fantasy becomes reality. Now, here's Adam, Scott, Heath, and Chris. Happy Hump Day, everybody. Big time show. A lot of bullpen stuff to talk about. Jordan Lyles, Jaime Berea, all that good stuff. And, of course, can you drop Robinson Cano? Adam Azer, Scott White, and Chris Towers on Fantasy Baseball today. Scott White. Pretty exciting day yesterday. Are, are you excited for today? Stupid oh, question. I'm, Go ahead. I am excited anyway. for every day Good. of baseball, Adam. But yes, some big developments in the world of baseball. Uh-huh. Some of them not so good. Some of them very good. Yeah. Monday night was so boring. Tuesday night, not even close. Chris Towers. How about, hey. the, how about those Celtics? They're doing, it, the Cavs are, the Cavs are a a horrible, horrible, horrible team, and I yeah. I hate watching them, and uh, I I hope they get swept. Oh, that's pretty mean. All right then. Um, I, here's here are the things that I want to talk about today. See how much we get to. Uh, Noah Syndergaard right now is doing well, but he is not a top twenty starting pitcher. We'll talk about it. There are two players owned in about fifty percent of leagues that are nearing returns from injury, and if they hadn't been injured, they probably probably be close to universally owned. So. Uh, we'll tell you who they are. One of them is Irvin Santana. Jaime Maria and Jordan Lyles were great. We will definitely talk about that. Arotis Vizcaino may not get all the saves going forward. Uh, Mike Fultonevich has allowed more than two earned runs only once this season, yet he's been a frustrating starting pitcher. This is an awesome stat. Brandon Belt's slugging percentage versus lefties is the same as his batting average versus righties. Brandon Belt's slugging percentage versus lefties is the same as his batting average versus righties. How cool I is would, that? I, I would guess that means he's not slugging lefties very well. 319 batting average versus righties. 319 slugging percentage against lefties. LOL. Um, and Jose Barrios has a .96 whip and an ERA over four. That's weird. And, of course, it is Wednesday, so that obviously means... Great the trade. Have I used this song yet? I think I may have. No, you have not. Okay, good. I'm starting to get to the point where I can't remember which songs I've used. But school's out. <laughs> well, school's in today. How many today. school songs are they? Will we eventually oh, there's, reach there's a breaking plenty. point here? I'm no, hoping. Funny. You there, haven't used okay. uh, Rock and Roll High School by the Ramones? Hey, stop it. This is or, not, not to be mentioned. Don't here. don't spoil things, Chris. I like being surprised. Well, something we didn't talk about yesterday that we should have might be... Alex Reyes, 66% owned. He struck out 12 in five innings in a scoreless rehab start. No earned runs, one hit, two walks, 12 strikeouts for Alex Reyes. And Jack Flaherty was very good yesterday. He did only have three strikeouts, but um, one run in five and two-thirds for Flaherty, who's 73% owned. Alex Reyes is 66% owned. Adam Wainwright is on the DL, and Carlos Martinez is going to miss at least one more turn. So, Scott... Is is Alex Reyes an absolute must own right now? Let's forecast the uh, the St. Louis rotation. Yeah, he's. I I think he's pretty close to must own after this rehab start. And I mean, obviously, before he needed Tommy John surgery, he was doing some pretty incredible things in his first go around the big leagues too. So like incredible stuff, as good as pitching prospects get. Um, at the time he was promoted, life finds a way, you know? Like, I don't know exactly how he's going to fit in now, but he is definitely going to fit in. It may be in place of Flaherty. It may be in place of, like, Luke Weaver. Maybe somebody else gets hurt between now and and then. They're not looking to activate him tomorrow, after all. So it's going to be fine. He can't come off the deal until the 28th. Yeah, exactly. But that's, that's approaching. That's two weeks Till we till potentially seeing Alex Reyes is, is Alex Reyes basically the uh, Ronald Acuna of pitchers? No, no, there can't be a Ronald Acuna of pitchers. <laughs> no, there, of because there's be. no such thing as a pitching prospect, Adam. Oh, well, I not said, even not even taking it to that extreme. Just I, I said it less than sincerely. Pitching pitching prospects are are always going to be much less of a sure thing than hitting prospects, and you can't. You can't expect 
even Alex Reyes, who is widely considered the most talented pitching prospect of the last couple of years, you just can't expect the same kind of impact. Okay. Well, bottom line is get Alex Reyes on your team. We're hoping to see him in the rotation pretty soon. He's 66% owned. And Jack Flaherty, 73% owned, and he should be on your team as well. Uh, uh, all right. That's great. Oh, here's an email from Matt. I got offered Sean Manaya or Tyson Ross for Alex Reyes in a keeper league. Sean Manaya or Tyson Ross for Alex Reyes in a keeper league where you keep seven. Would you do that? Okay. That's, that's helpful to know. I, w- either one of them for, I, I think I'd trade Tyson Ross for him. Yeah. Yeah. Wait. You're, he has Alex. <laughs> he has oh, you Alex. You read it wrong? Did I didn't read it mistake? wrong. I said I got offered Manaya or Tyson Ross for Alex uh-huh. Reyes. So I interpreted it wrong. I'll grade the trade day. Of course. Of course this you did. Off to a great start. Of course you did. Um, I would, I, hmm. would you take Sean Manaya firm, Chris? You're higher on Manaya than I am. I mean, I'm leaning yes though. Yeah, Reyes has more upside, but Shamanaya doesn't have the Tommy John surgery in his recent history and has succeeded at the major league level. I think you would have to. All right, but it is a keeper league. Keep that in mind. Yep. All right, so you're taking Manaya anyway. All right, next segment, Lyles Love It. Like Lyle Love It? Eh, I get it. Here, Thank you. Thank you. Here are some stats from Heath Cummings, who's writing Waiver Wire today, and, of course, there's Jordan Lyles in there. Lyles is 12% owned. Uh, average fastball velocity is a career high 94.1. Throwing his curveball and change it more than he ever has. Career high 11.3% swinging strike rate. Also, please make Scott say the Rockies suck. That is from Heath. <laughs> they have four competent hitters. Two amazing hitters. Uh, four, four, four good hitters. Not yesterday. Um, Blackman didn't even play yesterday, so. And but I don't, like, I don't know that that's the reason Jordan Lyles was great. Like, Heath point, Heath points out some changes that, uh, that I noticed for Lyles too. And it reminds me a lot of the Colin McHugh breakthrough from a few years ago where he went from being pitch to contact sinker baller guy to suddenly unveiling this power arsenal. More of a four-seam fastball that he's throwing harder, uh, change-up curveball. Like this, Jordan Lyles was a pretty good prospect back in the day who just never lived up to it. And maybe these changes he's he's made, you know, two good starts in a row here. Obviously, yesterday was amazing. Uh, maybe they're allowing him to have this delayed sort of breakthrough. I'm not fully on board with him yet, but I definitely see the potential for him to be a contributor this year. He's like in my top uh top 90 starting pitchers now. And Lyles. the fact that he's relief pitcher eligible obviously makes him a little bit more interesting in points leagues. You want to know who it reminds me of? Who? A little bit like Charlie Morton. He's all of a sudden tapped into a little bit more velocity. Now, the season-long average fastball velocity is overstated a bit because of the time he spent in relief. I think he made 12 relief appearances, but it's that curveball that I think really we should be taking note of because he's throwing it about 25% of the time and he's throwing it harder than he ever has before. Before it was about a 79 mile per hour curveball. Now it's an 85 mile per hour curveball and his whiff rate has jumped from like seven, eight percent, which is really low even for a curveball to like 20%, which if he could sustain that, would be an elite mark for a curveball. So there are some very interesting things going on with Jordan Lyles. And Jaime Berea. So Lyles yesterday goes seven and a third, flirted with a perfect game, and the and the Padres still are the only team that has never thrown a no-hitter. Uh, seven and a third, one hit, no runs, one walk, ten strikeouts against Colorado with 16 swinging strikes. Berea, meanwhile, seven innings, four hits, one run, no walks, and seven strikeouts against Houston. Berea has a 213 ERA. Lyles has a 253 ERA. Now, Lyles has only made two two starts, right, for Lyles so far? The rest have been relief appearances. Um, and yeah. you know, not the same for Berea. But both have done well against Colorado. Berea did well at Colorado two starts ago. Who would you rather have, Berea or Jordan Lyles? I'll say Lyles. I think there's more upside for Lyles. Berea was not a big strikeout pitcher in the minors at all. Now he has gotten a lot of swinging strikes his last two starts and he's a good control pitcher that stocks up for both. 
but I have a slight preference for Lyles now. Are you putting Andrew Heaney ahead of these two, Lyles and Berea? Yeah. yeah. Are you willing to drop Reynaldo Lopez or Mike Miner for Lyles or Berea? Yes. Definitely Lopez. Um, Mike Miner's, Mike Miner's still a little fresh, but yeah, things are going wrong for Mike Miner here after getting off to a good start with the swinging strikes. Those have disappeared on him the last three outings. And so now what you have is a extreme fly ball pitcher who's not missing bats in a hitter friendly environment. Which is the same thing Reynaldo Lopez is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Would you rather have Harlan Garcia or Jordan Lyles? Lyles. Lyles. Oh, okay. Fernando Romero or Jordan Lyles? Romero. Yeah. All right, then. Let's go through the big news, and then we'll talk more about yesterday's standout. Jose Barrios was so good yesterday. Jose Barrios had a start where you, you're watching that start. How does he ever struggle? He was that good. <laughs> and that that's what he does. I mean, he's, he's either great or he's kind of crappy, but um, we'll get to that. Robinson Cano is suspended 80 games for uh, violating the substance abuse policy. And D. Gordon may be moving to second base overall. Uh, after all, Scott, is Robinson Cano droppable? He'll be out for 80 games. It depends how shallow the league is, but I would, I would say any league where, like, I, I think about 300 players rostered is the division between a shallow league and not. So I'm going to say any league where there's fewer than 300 players rostered. Yeah, it's probably not worth the wait. Second base is a deep position and, you're going to need that roster spot in all likelihood, um, you know, over the next three months. Yeah. <laughs> the length of time he's going to miss. Right, let me see if I can time this right. Robinson Cano is, oh, out for summer. I, I didn't time it right at all. I did not time that right at all. Robinson Cano is out for summer. Uh, and I remember when Marte got suspended last year, he got dropped in some of my leagues and I just could not justify picking him up. Yeah, you have to put it on your radar as we get closer to his return date. But I, you know, it just it was too much to have a guy that you couldn't put on your DL that was going to miss 80 games. Yeah, and I I would say Marte was probably a more impactful player then than yeah. than Cano is now too. Mm-hmm. Here's an email from Andrew who's looking for a Cano replacement, a trade. It says, dear Minnie, Dale Jr. and Big Bertha. I don't know. Hmm. I have. I know co- who Dale Jr. is. Yeah, I, I do too. And Big Bertha <laughs> is a lot Minoso? of. Minoso. Mouse. I, I think these might all be. I have no idea. Okay. Anyway, um, I'm thinking of trading James Paxton for a Cano replacement. I have offers of netting me Javier Baez or Jonathan Scope in a roto league. Would you trade Paxton for either Javi Baez or Jonathan Scope? Nope. Yeah. No. I think you're much more likely to find a second baseman who can fill in than yeah uh, starting pitcher. Look at like look at more like the Cesar Hernandez, Jan Hervis, Solarte level. Uh, You can probably get guys like that for much cheaper. And I don't think I don't think the the contributions will be that will be vastly different. AJ Paulo could miss four to eight weeks with a fractured thumb. The Yankees called up Clint Frazier, but we are not interested in adding Frazier, right? I just don't know where he's going to play. Yeah. I, yeah, he didn't play. He wasn't in the lineup yesterday. I Probably just a short-term move, though he has been hitting well at AAA since coming back from what well, sounds like a pretty harrowing concussion experience. Mm-hmm. I, I wonder if they trade him. I mean, if you want to sit on Clint Frazier, you know, in like a deeper league or something, he, he seems like trade bait to me, but – or maybe they just wait till next year. Gardner, Hicks, who, I don't know. Adrian Beltre is out two to three weeks with a hamstring injury. Adam Eaton expects to miss six weeks. I hope you're right, Adam Eaton. I'm keeping you for now. You expect to mix, miss six weeks. Rough day for the Pirates yesterday, despite a, a easy win over the White Sox. Francisco Cervelli left after being hit by a pitch on the forearm, and Starling Marte left with a side injury, and we do not know the severity, but we will wait and see. Yoenis Cespedes continues to be one of the most frustrating players in fantasy. He did not play yesterday. He could now go on the DL with a hip injury. I guess we should have seen that coming. Joey Lucchese's on the DL with hip tightness. You Darvish. I don't know that there's much change in his value. It was a good start for him. Four innings, one run, five five strikeouts. He did give up a home run. He did walk, too. It's been an issue for him. He left with a cramp in his calf. 
and they were playing it safe. Darvish came back from the illness. Chris, anything to say about you, Darvish, after this abbreviated start against the Braves? I think this is a positive sign. Hooray. Yep. All right. Yep. I, I did notice, I did some research on this last week. Um, his arm angle is definitely down, as Jim Bowden said, but it's most impacted his four-seam fastball. Like, it's it's flattened it out to the point that his batting average on that pitch specifically is 100 points higher than last year, the swing strike rate way down. So I think it's just a simple matter of him regaining the arm angle. And there was some suspicion over why the Cubs put him on the DL with an illness. Mm. It may have just been to work on that. Okay, and he did say he made some mechanical adjustments, so encouraging stuff for Darvish. Madison Bumgarner, he could be back in about a month. He's getting ready for a rehab assignment maybe next week. And I encourage everyone to go to CBSSports.com and read Matt Snyder's article on the humidor and the effect it might be having. And, and it's too soon to tell. It's, you know, Chris mentioned this obviously in a previous show. Too soon to tell what the, what the real effects are, but you just look at like what Arizona's done on the road versus what they've done at home. And hitting in that park, it seems like the humidor is having a, a noticeable effect. And it's a good read. And, you know, we have great coverage, actually, on CBSSports.com. You go to CBSSports.com slash MLB. There is a roundup every single day of what happened the night before. And actually a preview of that night's games. And then that, that story just gets updated as, as everything, you know, unfolds. And uh, it's great. So I think you will uh, really enjoy that. Good baseball coverage on CBS. Sports HQ too with Jim Bowden. Jim Bowden, yes. Now yeah. it's now it's Bowden. I, I just want I just wanted to sneak in an opportunity to say his name correctly. <laughs> yes. Now CBS Sports <laughs> HQ actually I've been getting a lot of emails, a lot of tweets about it. People really like it, and I think you will too. And I also think you will like saving money, and that's what we're here to help you with. We're here to help you make money in your fantasy leagues and save money when you go to games or concerts or comedy, like I've been doing with the SeatGeek app, whether it's a Yankees game or a concert. Looking at that Foo Fighters concert this summer. Going to be using SeatGeek to get there. And the most important thing, we're saving you money, okay? First of all, if you've never made a SeatGeek purchase, use the code FANTASY to get 20 bucks off your first purchase. The code is FANTASY. If you have used SeatGeek, use the code TODAY to get $10 off MLB tickets. So it's either FANTASY for 20 bucks off your first purchase, or if you want to go to a baseball game, you've already used FANTASY, use the code TODAY. And get 10 bucks off your MLB purchase. SeatGeek is the smartest way to find tickets now. It searches multiple sites for you. It does all that work. You can sit back and be lazy and let SeatGeek do all the work for you. You're going to get the most bang for your buck. And every purchase is fully guaranteed. You can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. I use it all the time. I recommend it on the air and off the air. Use the code FANTASY for 20 bucks off your first purchase. Use the code TODAY for $10 off MLB tickets. All right, Tuesday's standouts. Chris Towers, why don't you lead it off? Who stood out to you? Uh, Sorry, I was distracted. Why doesn't someone else? Wait, is that what were you distracted by? SeatGeek? Uh, no, I – did you guys know Mookie Betts is a really good bowler? Oh, I, yeah. Oh, like he, perfect he game perfect good. game, right? Yeah. 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 You're sorry, yeah. I, I was distracted. You know who else bowled a perfect game, I'm pretty sure? Who? John Burkett, remember him? Wait, can, Scott, can you see? We're all in different rooms today. Can you see Chris's hair? No, I, I I haven't been able to. Oh see God, Chris at all. it's hilarious, oh, wow. Chris. Please I... screenshot it and tweet it out because like that is the funniest hair I've ever seen. You look like um, you look like uh Christopher Lloyd in uh in Who Framed Roger Rabbit after he comes back as a tune. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> You're not Remember wrong. me, Eddie? <laughs> um, alright, Scott, why don't you start with the standouts? Well, I, I, I'm, I'm good now. Okay. Oh, fun fact. John Burkett has 32 perfect games to his credit. Well, he's probably bowled a lot more than Mookie Betts. He doesn't have a lot going on these days. It's true. You know who else has bowled a perfect game? Who? Jerome Bettis. Jerome, really? I, I have yeah. heard that before. I hadn't heard yeah. that. Uh, Scott right, White, we stalled enough. Scott, no, it's Scott. You, you lose. Scott White, you're up. Standouts. Standouts from yesterday. I am going to go with Trevor Williams, who sure. has been a standout yeah. pretty much all season. Two seventy two ERA now. Strikeout rate not very high, but what is high is his soft contact rate, and that's a continuation from last year. Where I'm always a little skeptical uh, for for that stat continuing. Um, 
I think we're still in the early stages of understanding what that stat means, but it seems like a good thing and it seems like a way a pitcher can overcome a low strikeout rate. I do think there's some home run correction in Trevor Williams' future. He is a fly ball pitcher and hasn't allowed many of those. He's not going to finish with a 272 ERA, but if it can be like a mid to high threes ERA and he's eating innings, he could be a useful back end fantasy pitcher. All right, Trevor Williams could could easily be the the you know even though he's been very good could easily be the the lowest pitcher on your roster right the lowest ranked pitcher on your yeah. roster. Yeah, I mean in those should... leagues where fewer than three hundred players are rostered. Ah, well, here's um, my question: If he is the lowest ranked player on your roster, Trevor Williams pitcher, and Jordan Lyles or or Jaime Berea are out there, what do you do? I'd rather have one of those two. I'd rather have Lyles. Okay. Yeah. All right, Chris, you ready? Yes. Who's a standout? I think we probably, I, I know the ERA is still 350, but I'm pretty close to getting rid of Reynaldo Lopez. I just, he has shown flashes, but over the last five starts, he has one start with more than two strikeouts. Yeah. Yeah. That, I, I've, done, I mean, I, I've been done with him. I agree. And, you know, early in the season, he was getting more swinging strikes. He was throwing the slider. Uh, that he had never thrown before, but he just, you look around at everything that he does and he just doesn't really do anything well. None of his pitches are really swing and miss pitches. It's weird because you watch him pitch and he looks electric, but I, yeah, I don't, I don't think it's going to happen. I, I want to maybe see what happens if they move into him into the bullpen and he can just rear back and throw 99 every time and maybe hone one of his multiple breaking balls into an actual good pitch, but right now he just he's a fastball only guy. Are we going to dissect every Jose Barrio start? Is he just gonna be that pitcher where he, well, we get is, new clues this every I, time? This is why I was careful not to swing too far back the other way after you know when we were talking about him as after his last start, the continuation of a four start rough patch where the strikeouts were down and he was allowing a lot of home runs. Like, yeah, I mean, some pitchers, every pitcher goes through peaks and valleys during a season. For some pitchers, it's more extreme than others. I think, I think we're kind of seeing that play out a little for Jack Flaherty too. Between the majors, minors, and spring training, he's had some huge strikeout games, but then he's had ones like yesterday where he's just not missing many bats. And like, that's, that's okay. I mean, it, it, it can be frustrating. Unless you just know to keep him in your lineup and ride the wave. And I think Barrios has earned at least that this year. I'm, I don't know that he's an ace, as some people were suggesting early in the season. But I do think he's more or less a must-start pitcher. I, yeah. I guess Go ahead. my question is, why, why don't we just take him at face value? Why, why, are, why are we so afraid to just... Jose Barrios is telling us who he is. He has a 4.04 ERA over the last two seasons. He has a 4.03 ERA right now this season, 4.05. His FIP is a high threes. That's probably what he is. Mm. Well, I, I think that I want him to be better than that. We're ho- we're trying to project aces, and when you watch a start like last night, you see a guy who's unhittable, and, and his breaking pitches are so good. When he's on, Jose Barrios is, is outstanding. And his previous four starts, he gave up 18 earned runs and 19 and a third. So I think that's, I think that's why. I mean, I'm not disagreeing with you necessarily. I'm just saying, you know, we, we look at Jose Barrios, we see flashes and we want more consistency out of it. So if he is more consistent, I mean, maybe he could, one day he'll you know, get there, but yeah. I don't, like, I'm not counting on it this year. He's, he's a top 30 starting pitcher for me, which is good enough. Yeah. You know, yep. uh, maybe someday he'll move up from there. Look at how, look at what, uh, Look at what, I don't know, Charlie Morton's done this year. <laughs> That's I mean, kind he, of an extreme hopefully, example. Hopefully but... it won't take 12 years. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he just needs to get traded to the Astros, and then we'll be fine. Noah oh, well, Syndergaard. needs to get traded to the Astros. Yeah. Uh, Noah Syndergaard's been interesting, guys. He's 23rd in points. He's 29th in Roto. He has a 314 ERA and 61 strikeouts and 51 and two-thirds. Uh, but for Syndergaard, a 1-2-2 whip with a lot of hit, a hit per inning. Uh, only one start of more than six innings. No more than 103 pitches in any start. He does have a 343 Babbitt, but he is a high Babbitt guy. 
But Syndergaard's got a career-high soft contact rate, a career-low hard contact rate. Everything looks great. So he's not really pitching that deep into games. Uh, is there any story here with Noah Syndergaard? I'm I'm a little the the inefficiency makes me uneasy. Not to the point that like you need to sell him or anything. Like, but just is he going to live up to the top ten potential? I don't know. I like. And most more of his starts than not, he's gone six innings, so maybe it's even overstated. But he is lagging behind the other pitchers we think of aces in terms of, um, you know, fantasy point production. And that's even though he has three wins, which again is like it's not a fifteen win pace, but it's not ridiculously bad either. Yeah. Now a few weeks ago, we were saying similar things about Chris Sale. Oh, maybe they're kind of limiting his innings to keep him fresh. And meanwhile, Chris Sale has gone seven or more innings in four of his last five starts and nine innings in his last start. And, yeah, that seemed that seemed more deliberate, though. What do you mean? Well, I mean, oh, you look oh, at I, Noah Syndergaard's yeah. pinch counts, and I I don't have Chris Sale's pinch counts in front of me, so I do. I, I okay, can help maybe you he's out. playing out. What were his pitch counts like? Lower. 90, 92, 93. His first four starts, yeah. Chris Sale did not throw more than 93 pitches. Syndergaard's thrown, I think the most he's thrown is 103 pitches. Um, but, but that's the thing. Is Syndergaard ever gonna throw 115? Are they gonna let him? You know, Chris Sale has thrown 110 and 116 pitches in two of his last four start, five starts. I don't, I don't know that there's much here. I just thought it was kind of interesting that Syndergaard's been very good, but right now he's not a top 20 starting pitcher. Yeah, I thought his pitch counts were higher than that, to be honest. So that, uh, he, looking back two years ago, obviously we can't look at last year because Syndergaard was out most of the year, but he exceeded 110 pitches, one, two, three, four, four times and was at 109 pitches twice more. Yeah. Uh, are you guys in on this y- Yanny versus Laurel thing? I heard Laurel. I heard Yanny. You heard Yanny? People yeah. out there, what do you hear? Laurel. Laurel. When you play it, I still, still hear Laurel. Yeah, that's Yanny. That's Laurel, Chris. <laughs> oh my god, Chris, what's wrong I, with you today? That's clearly Laurel. Now, and I think it's something about like your age and your hearing ability, and I, I don't know. It's the pitch, the frequency or something like that. People hear different things. Well, I, some, there was somebody on Twitter, and I, you know, I, I'm not sure who it was. Chris retweeted it. Um, but he kind of was changing the pitch on that. Yeah. Like yeah. had four different lengths to it with different pitches. And on the lower pitches, I heard, I heard Yanny. Oh, I didn't, I didn't. But on, see on that. the standard pitch and the higher pitches, I heard Laurel. So I, that's weird. Like it was a distinct difference. Like this guy's playing a trick on me. A different type of pitch count to be sure. All right. Let's, uh, let's look at some hot hitters. Can they keep this up? Ender Inciarte is the number 12 outfielder in points, number 8 in Roto. He hit his fourth home run, and he has 18 steals. Uh, this guy's usually around 20 steals. He already has 18. Ender Inciarte. Brandon Belt is the number two first baseman in fantasy. 298 average, eight home runs, 24 walks, 40 strikeouts in 39 games. And as I mentioned, he's slugging 319 against lefties. He His batting average is 319 against righties. And Belt, as we saw yesterday on our Fun with Fangraph segment, he's among the leaders in hard contact rate and fly ball rate. So let's start there. Let's start with Ender and Ciarte and Brandon Belt. We'll also talk about Ryan Healy as Drupal Cabrera and CJ Crone. But can they keep this up? Scott, what do you think about Enciarte and Belt? Can they continue to be – I'm not going to say like top whatever. I'm just saying can they continue to be great? Can they have great seasons? Well, we know Ender, we already knew Ender Enciarte was a good hitter, and after a slow start there, he's beginning to come around. Not a lot of power, but, uh, makes so much contact in today's environment that he still basically must start in any format. And that was before he became elite base dealer, which he has the speed to be. I've said many times in the past that, you know, stealing bases is, is as much a decision as it is a matter of ability. We know he has the ability, and now he's, the Braves are letting him do this. So, yeah, I'm buying that he can be a big-time base dealer, and I've moved him into my top 30 outfielders in both formats. I think he's must-start. Yeah, top 30, I mean, but is he top 20? Is Ender and CRT top 20? Uh, potentially. I'm not ready to move him ahead of, like, 
Mitch Haniger, Andrew McCutcheon, Ronald Acuna. That's what it would take to get him in the top twenty. Honestly, so why, talk- why not? Why not McCutcheon? Um, who is, by the way, among the leaders in hard contact rate, which is nice. Yeah, and and he is getting on base a lot. I think you could justify that more in a roto league, where obviously steals are a, a, a necessity than you could in a points league. Mm-hmm. It's it would be a close call between those two in that format. Where are you on Brandon Belt? Because we have seen in the past Brandon Belt has had good power years, but in those years his batting average has been low. And he's had kind of bad power years, but in those years his batting average has been good. We were wondering if he could combine the two. So far, he has. <laughs> 298 batting average, eight home runs so far, and he's the number two second baseman, or first baseman, excuse me. Um, is Brandon- I, I think he's pretty close to a must-start, too. He, I've moved him up to 15th in my first base rankings, which I know first base is not off to a good start, but there's still a lot of capable hitters at that position. So the fact he's top 15, that might be the highest I've had him in, uh, I don't know, half a decade. Okay. Would you rather have Belt or Hosmer? I have Hosmer 12th, so I'd rather have Hosmer. But I think I think there's some similarities there. Chris Towers, Ryan Healy. Over the last 28 days, is the number six first baseman in points leagues and number three in Roto. That's Ryan Healy. He's 80% owned. And as Drupal Cabrera, he's still a top 10 shortstop. Uh, you know, the numbers still look pretty good. Do you think both of them are season-long contributors in not the shallowest of formats, but like a 12-team league? Healy and Cabrera. I think Ryan Healy is probably a starting caliber corner infielder. And Azdrubal Cabrera should probably be owned in all formats, if only because you're going to have a week where your second baseman plays five games, or you're going to have a week where your shortstop plays six games, but four of them are against the Indians or something like that. And his, what, triple eligibility? Yeah. Everywhere on the infield except for first? That's valuable. He's a good hitter, and he has been for a long time. Like it's it's not a surprise that as Drupal Cabrera is, he's not a star, but he's capable. When you see Cabrera's numbers right now, batting three twenty seven with six home six home runs isn't really that many. Do you think there's an extended slump coming to get the that batting average down to where you know we thought it might be in the two I don't know two seventies? Adam, you know the answer to that question. I don't know the answer to that question. You know the answer to that question. I do not believe that just because you've played above your head for a little while means you will play below your head for a while to balance out. Did, did I think you? his Drupal Cabrera is probably like a 280 hitter, uh-huh. and he will probably hit about 280 moving forward. Didn't you learn your lesson last year with Manny Machado and Josh Donaldson? No. <laughs> uh, would you rather have... Um... Wait, 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 hold on. So you're selling Manny Machado right now, right? Uh, depends what I could get you, for. You him. have to. Depends have what to I. Yeah, depends. No, he's gonna. He's no. You have to sell him for anything because he's gonna be bad for a no, while. No, I didn't know. No, no, no. Obviously, that inconsistent. Sir. Absolutely not. If I could sell him for a top five player, sure. No, he has an extended slump coming. He is due. He might slump. He has to. He might. Didn't I mean, you learn your lesson? Hey, he he might have an extended slump. He's not gonna hit three fifty, Chris. I don't know. He's not. <laughs> I promise. He's going to have uh, to hit 250 to balance it out. I'm more with Adam on this than Chris. Well, that's but, the other thing. Like, Chris says, like, season-long stats. But Chris is taking stats, it to an extreme to make his point, as he often does. Chris says season-long stats mean more. but that's like, And then you, you're like, Adam, guys do this throughout the course of the season. It, You know, when we talk about this preseason, you know, and I say, oh, a guy had this. He was great for 45 games or whatever. You say, yeah, that's usually what happens. That's what I'm saying. There are there are starts right, but and stops, no, 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 ups and downs. That's not what you're saying. You're saying it's a cause and effect. You're saying he will be bad in the future to make up for the fact that he has been good so far. That is not how uh, it that's works. That's oversimplifying what I try no, to say. That's what you no, just no, no, said. No, no, that's oversimplifying. I, I don't. I, I see it as it often plays out that way. Like things tend to even out yeah. over the course of six months, right. and that's a way they even out. You know, like, like you know not that it will happen, but yeah. Um, literally what I said about this Drupal Cabrera. No, I didn't. That's not literally what I just said. It I did is not say what you just said. Do you know what the word literally means? Yes. That, that you know that I literally did it not just say that. Figuratively. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, can CJ Crone keep this up? <laughs> CJ Crone is tenth in points, fifth in roto. Uh, he has never slugged higher than 467 in a season. 
Crone is currently slugging 503 with a 284 batting average, nine home runs and seven doubles. Only one week so far with 20 fantasy points, but still he has been good. Can CJ Crone keep this up, Scott White? Probably not. Though this is closer to who I thought he was when he was coming out of the minors, for what it's worth. Uh, but he, he, he would basically need to be a high end power hitter with as bad as the, the on base ability is for him to, uh, be a, be somebody who sticks in your lineup in fantasy. So yeah, like, I would bet against him going forward. This was like, he was in my top 10 sleeper hitters this week. This was favorable matchups for him. Uh, but it's, it's a short term play. His best case scenario is probably like Will Myers without the steals. Okay. And that's just, that's pretty uninspiring. You know what is inspiring? This email that we got from Digsy. Digsy said, yesterday on the pod, Adam, you made a guarantee that we could take your money if we played on the draft app. Well, you were right. I was lucky enough to snag a spot in the game you posted yesterday and ended up taking a dollar from you. All joking <laughs> as, yeah, of course. All joking aside, thanks for introducing me to the draft app. It is a great way to enjoy fantasy baseball while my dynasty team is in full rebuild mode. And that's kind of a, an interesting aspect of daily fantasy, right? Let's say you're not having a great year, or, or maybe you're having a great year. You just want to play more. You want a different team. You want a new team every single day. And you want to keep doing drafts? Well, that is where the Draft app comes in. Download the Draft app or go to Draft.com. You just search Draft in your app store. It'll be right there. Uh, and for a limited time, you can get a free entry into a real money baseball draft when you make your first deposit. All you have to do is use the promo code FBTODAY on the Draft app. Promo code is FB today or on draft.com. FB today. So yeah, you get a free entry or you can compete against me. Use that code and you'll automatically be following me. Big Kane 2. You get paid out the next day. Draft start at $1. They're quick. They're fun. They're easy. I love it. I came in third last night. I did the night slate. So it was uh, the, the late game. So there weren't a lot of pitchers to choose from and I was stuck with Mike Stinkin Minor. Um, but you know, getting better. Third place is better out of five. Anyway, join that draft app. Or draft.com and use the code FB today. You will really love it. Just like our emailer. Uh, grade the trade part one. I think it is time now. Let's uh, get Alice Cooper on here. Dave is from Chicago. Grade the trade. Gave up Tyson Ross to get Matt Carpenter. This is a Robinson Cano replacement. Give up Tyson Ross, get Matt Carpenter. That is uh, probably like a C plus. Yeah, I think my Carpenter has significantly more upside. There are things wrong with his game, but I believe he can fix them. From Jake, grade the trade. Hey, Kevin, Draymond, and Steph, trade Shaw Manaya. Get Alex Bregman in an eight-team oh, yeah. roto league. That's how you sell how I am Manaya. All right, there we go. I like it. I give that a an. A minus. A minus. Okay. Uh, don't even need a grade from Chris. It's clearly an A minus. Jake from West Bend, Wisconsin. Hey, Chip, Roger, and Michael. Give up Nick Mar- this is an interesting one. Give up Nick Markakis, get Ryan Braun. A plus. No. No, it's not. It, I it's would rather have, I would rather have Markakis. That, no, you would not. Uh, I think Braun's about done, to be honest. I I moved I moved Mark Akers ahead of him in my rankings yesterday, so I give this a um, a D plus. We are going to look back at this Nick Mark Akers thing in like August, and it's going to be like after a really bad night of drinking, and you're going to be like, oh god, that was such an obvious mistake. Why did I do that? Well, if it's that's after, what this Nick Mark Akers thing is. After, after, if it's after a really bad night of drinking, it's only going to be you who's doing it. <laughs> yeah, yes. You and Team Kreef, Team Scam will be very lucid. <laughs> no, you guys are drunk on Nick Markakis. No, I'm, hey, I'm not, I'm not, but I, but I mean, I only have is, him 42nd. I, it's more about Braun. Right. Braun's the other like, half of this. Yeah. I would do like the I, trade, but I, but I don't think it's an A plus. Oh, I have Markakis 36th in points leagues, actually. It may be different at Roto. So wait, Scott, what was the grade you gave? Uh, hang on, you're about to hear some noise. Oh no, I paused it in time. Okay, uh, the grade I gave was D plus. D plus. Oh wow. Okay, very very split. All right, from third in roto, I have Markakis forty third in roto, thirty sixth in points. Uh, and uh, I have no idea who Chip Roger and Michael are. From Andy, twelve team category league. 
It says category points league. I don't know what that means. I traded Ozzy Albies for Aaron Nola, but he picked up Whit Merrifield on waivers first, and then he traded Albies for Nola. Grade the trade. Um, at face value, I would give it a probably about a C. With contextual extra credit, I can I can elevate it to uh, B minus. It is fine in a vacuum. The problem is you should have gotten more for Ozzy Albies. Yeah, probably. Oh, Aaron Nola is pretty damn good, no? Well, yeah. I mean, I rank, to be clear, I rank Albies ahead of Nola, but not by so much that I can really classify. Right, but, but Ozzy Albies, if you're trading Ozzy Albies after the start he's had, you're probably looking to trade him for more than what you have. Well, what about Aaron Nola after the start he's had? I think Except Aaron Ola's very good, but, like, but we he's, have Aaron. He's been a top five starting pitcher, right? Certainly sure. Top 10. But we have a longer track record of Aaron Nola being, I, I just think the perception, maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like the perception of Ozzy Albies is higher than it is for Aaron Nola. That I 100% agree with. Perception. And is so when you're trading, perception is ultimately the most important thing. You should be taking advantage of <laughs> Ozzy. Like, I think it's probably fine. I think in the long run they'll be similar. I would just imagine most fantasy players think Ozzy Albies is a lot more valuable right now. Okay, Ozzy who? Albies. Yeah, Albies. There you go. Uh, uh, David, I wanted to hit the buzzer, but you said it right. Well, but you were uh, saying Albies too, Adam. Did was I? Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, by the way, Scott, you are an idiot for saying Aaron Nola is a top five pitcher. He's sixth, sixth oh. in points, and actually a little bit lower than that. It's like eighth in Roto. Uh, all right, thank you guys for that round of Grade the Trade. We'll come back and do more. We have a lot of bullpen to talk about. I just wanted to say that I trust our analysts. You should trust them. I trust them. I spent big on Max Kepler. He was on waivers. I spent 10 bucks out of a $100 budget. I only have like 45 bucks left now. Um, I added Max Kepler because I trust Scott White in a five-outfielder league. How much did you bid on Kepler, Scott? Or did you um, not bid on him? I don't know that I added him in a league with bids. So well, he, he got he, he got dropped two days ago, and you even commented on it, and I was like, "Crap!" And now I have to outbid Scott. Oh, okay. So I can check. This is the Memorial Magazine League. Yes. All right. Sorry. Sorry for stalling the podcast here. I also here. added Jesse Winker in a deeper roto league because, according to Fun with Fangraphs, according to Heath, uh, he could turn things around. He had that zero percent home run to fly ball ratio. So. I trust our analysts. As, as any realize? player with zero home right. runs would have. <laughs> Max Kepler's not hitting righties well at all. He's slumping right now. His, it's the dangdest thing. It is the dangdest thing. And same with, uh, same with Javier Baez and lefties, which we'll get to in a second. But here's an email. Email of the day number one from Jay, fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. In a 12-team league, should we be looking to stash Irvin Santana in a DL slot now? Irvin Santana. I mean, if you if have you, a free DL slot, yeah. yeah. If like, you had why a not? DL spot, you should have had him stashed. The issue is whether you should have stashed him regardless. I mean, here's the thing. Like, a lot of guys who have come back from injury have struggled, these pitchers. So I don't know that Santana's just going to go back to being a good pitcher. Like, Look at Samarja right now. Um, well, you look know. at Alex Reyes right now. Well, he hasn't done it against big league competition. That's a long— <laughs> He hasn't, but— but I mean, that's like I feel like you could find instances on both sides of that debate. I like, and and there's reason to wonder if anything Irvin Santana did last year is legitimate. But one thing we know he does legitimately is pitch deep into games, and that's such a rare skill in today's game that I think he's going to matter in all formats. Now, every ten days or so, I come out with a DL stash rankings list on CBSSports.com, and Pretty much all season, Irvin Santana's been outside the top 20 of that group. So I could see instances in shallower leagues where maybe he's not worth stashing. But chances are in your league, somebody should be stashing him if you have at least two DL spots. Yeah, well, I'd rather stash Irvin Santana than Danny Salazar. Me too. Yeah. Uh, and then email of the day number two is from Blake in Santa Barbara. Could you maybe do a segment where you quickly go through closers and have the guys rate their job security on, say, a scale of one to five. No commentary even needed, just a barometer on it. I'm trying to think of some way to make it extra fun, but that's your job, I guess. Also, who do you think wins in a bare-knuckled brawl between Rick Moranis and Scott White? 
Rick Moranis <laughs> is like 65 years old. Right. Scott would I win. think Scott can take it. <laughs> I agree. I agree. I don't know. Unless Vince, Rick Moranis Vince had the Schwartz. Schwartz. Um, all right. So then here we go from that email from Blake to the lose job as closer o meter. And we'll go zero to ten here. How likely are these guys to lose their job as closer on the lose job as closer o meter? Uh, this is really frustrating. Fernando Rodney, close, right? What's, what did you I say? I knew you were going to start with him. It was May, right? Or June? Yeah, no, it was June first. What did you bet? I'm going to have to eat some Peeps on the air, which is really tough for me because they're the worst oh, candy that's ever. Gross. Yeah. Oh, I like Peeps. I, I, I still don't, I don't understand the world's opinion of Peeps, and I don't. I think it's a recent phenomenon because obviously it's a very successful candy, been around forever. Just because they look cute. Fernando Rodney, zero to ten on the lose job is closer meter. I give that a six. He's perpetually a five. I'm surprised it's that high. Last eight appearances, two hits, no runs. Yeah, well, 320, I think this is behind. His ERA is in the low threes now. But the whip's still high, and, you know, home run tendencies still high. Five walks, four strikeouts over his last eight appearances. Yeah, Like, he's, he's earned leash. Oh, yeah. But it's not an infinite leash. Um, okay, how about these next three? They're all, I think, trade candidates. Alex Colome, Kelvin Herrera, Brad Hand. Colome, Herrera, Hand. Who's most likely to get traded? Herrera. Yeah. But that being said, he's like a three. Uh, I would give Colome a 4.5 and Hand a two. And it, that's basically only because there's a chance he's traded and becomes a setup man. But they did just sign him to a long-term deal. Last year, so I think that's pretty remote. He's been he's been awesome this year. There's no way that Colome Herrera or Hand that one of them does not end up on the Red Sox. The Red Sox will be stealing a closer from a team and making him a setup man. They have to. Of course, this Probably. is me being kind of you know just fun, but but like some some of these closers are, are going to get traded. I don't know if it's those three, but it's going to happen. Hunter Strickland with Mark Melanson beginning a rehab assignment this weekend potentially. Hunter Strickland, uh, zero to ten on the lose job as closer meter. Seven. Yeah, I was gonna say seven as well. I hope he doesn't, because I think he's better than Mark Melanson. Yeah. Uh, Shane Green. I guess we could throw him in the save in the trade category. He's pitching four straight four straight days. Shane Green, zero to ten. Mm, let's go. Let's go seven there also. Uh, five. I I think the the issue is just the trades. Yeah, I think so. I don't think he's very good. Yeah, he's the best they've got, right? Yeah, I think he's good enough. Uh, Joe Jimenez looks like their closer of the future, but he hasn't been good enough to overtake him yet. And this one's the most interesting. Arodas Vizcaino. He's had a good year. I mean, two seventy five ERA, seven saves, and nine chances. Last two appearances have been a little bit rough, but. Apparently Dan Winkler, who's been incredible this year, and AJ Minter, Winkler and Minter, have a chance to get some saves for the Braves. So where is Erodus Viscaino on the lose job as closer meter? Well, based on these recent Winkler comments, I'm gonna have to go seven. It's worth noting that um Brian Snitker said something similar at the end of April about AJ Minter interfering with Erodus Viscaino's save total, and that really hasn't happened. But Dan Winkler's been much better than either Mentor or Erodus Viscaino this year. And I know some people are probably like, what do you mean? Erodus Viscaino has an ERA below two. Well, his FIP is 4.27. His FIP last year was 3.72. He is, so in those two years, he's done a good job of outperforming his FIP, but I don't think he has a long enough history of that for me to assume that's the norm. He walks a lot of guys. He gives up home runs. He'd be a fine setup man, but I don't think he's really he really profiles as a closer. And Winkler, at least judging from the performance this year, does. All right, so I think Winkler at seven percent owned is someone that you might want to speculate on. Are there any other closers that you think could lose their jobs, Chris Towers? Well, there's a bunch of closers. There's a bunch of teams who don't currently have a closer, so we're watching to see, you know, I guess Baltimore and the Angels specifically to see who can step up and take those jobs. I guess Darren O'Day will be the closer in Baltimore if he gets back. I, Which could be in the next couple of days. And, and Zach is, Britton is getting close to a rehab assignment, by the way. This is the problem with uh, 
with the closer discussion is you don't just have to predict performance, which is hard enough. And as we show on this podcast every day, uh, you also have to try to predict what someone else is going to do as far as their decision making. And so it, like the angels are a really good team. Whoever becomes the closer there is going to get a lot of save. I don't know who it is. I will be honest. And I think Bud Norris should be on the lose job as closer meter as well. Uh, he is currently the Cardinals closer. Where is Bud Norris? Zero to ten, lose job as closer meter. Uh, let I'll go six. All right, so it's a situation to monitor. See what we're going to end the show with here. Uh, Gene Segura stole four bases yesterday. He's now the number six shortstop in points, number four in Roto. I think mm. we'll talk about him at a later date. Just run through some no- some notes real quick. Edwin Encarnacion sat with a back and neck issue. Joey Votto sat. Nick Castellanos uh, returned and homered. Jorge Soler sat. Jorge Soler has a depla- is displaced rib. When I first read that, I was like, oh, boy, he's going to be out for a while. But apparently he could be back today. He's day-to-day with a displaced rib. No big deal. AL only. <laughs> uh, Hunter Dozier could be Kansas City's primary first baseman while Lucas Duda's on the DL. Um, Steven Vogt, Milwaukee catcher Steven Vogt, out for the season due to shoulder surgery. Yankees Nationals will resume tonight, pending the weather. They are tied in the sixth inning. Bradley Zimmer's on the DL. Rajay Davis, he's only playing really against lefties, but he had a big game yesterday. They don't have a very good outfield right now, the Indians. Um, Miguel Cabrera is going to miss at least another week. Nelson Cruz will miss a game or two after being hit by a pitch on the foot. Matt Duffy left with hamstring tightness. Carlos Gomez left with groin tightness, making that raised lineup even worse. Dansby <laughs> Swanson could be back soon. Mac Williamson could begin a rehab assignment this week. Yeah. Yeah, keep an eye on Yasiel Puig. He's 79% owned. He's homered in two straight games. And Michael Conforto sat against a lefty. Uh, is it just a slump, or is there something more for these two shortstops? Javier Baez, 0 for 4 with three strikeouts yesterday. In his previous 17 games, he was batting 246 with no walks and 12 strikeouts with a 678 OPS. Javi Baez has uh, has slumped, and Didi Gregorius is six for 62. Six for sixty-two with four walks and eleven strikeouts in his last this, fifteen games. This is what we're talking about, Adam, right? Uh-huh. Like Didi Gregorius way over his head. There yep. needs to be a slump to six compensate, for right? Of course. I can't yeah. believe you guys didn't trade him exactly sixty-two at bats ago. Well, it doesn't mean he's not a top five shortstop. He literally is a top five shortstop. So. Then it's not actionable information. It's not actionable. It, it may. I, I, I think, in, in many cases, it may not be an actual, actionable information. I agree. I think in, what's actionable for me in this case is that Gregorius, in a 6-for-62 slump, still only has 11 strikeouts. So yep. I think that's a good sign. Well, that's always he, – he's always made a lot of contact. He's due to strike out more. He was he's due to strike out more. always made a lot of contact. <laughs> <laughs> and Javier Baez's contact rate is still way up this year. His line drive well, rate is still way up. Like, I, I still think this is a breakout and it's just a slump. So that's the interesting thing about Javier Baez is he's not really making more contact. He's not striking out. Uh, but he is swinging and missing a ton still. He's just swinging at everything. And so he's more likely to hit when he swings than not hit. I don't know if that's sustainable. I don't know if you can just keep swinging at every single. Like he has, he's swung at 60% of the pitches he's seen for this season. His career rate's 54%. I don't I would, know if you can keep hitting the ball hard while just not discerning whether a pitch is good to hit or not. Well, and but looking at his batted ball profile, especially considering his line drive rate is way up this year, he's having some bad BABIP luck all of a sudden. It's about it's 56 points lower than it was last year. Yeah, but he has an 18% points infield. lower than his career. 18% infield fly ball rate. So I, I don't know how much bad luck there is there. Maybe not luck, but I do think there's, I, I think he's fine ultimately. Well, weighing, I, I, weighing the ups and the positives and negatives. But uh, you know, and even a different question here. How good can a guy be if he has six walks and four of them intentional? He's drawn two unintentional walks in 37 games. Javi Baez. Another fair point. I don't know. There's a lot to go on here. And the, and here's the other thing. As I recall, this is a guy who's destroyed lefties and struggled against righties. Not yet this year. It's been reversed for, for Baez. So he'll probably come around against lefties. 
He has uh, a four. He's got like a 700 OPS against lefties, batting 200 against them. So he's probably yeah. going to be better there. Uh, there's a, right. a, a lot of ways this could go with Javi Baez. Uh, I mean, but I we do see last year as like the worst case scenario, right? And he was still. I mean, it, do, are are any of us questioning whether he's going to hit 25 home runs this year? No. He had 23 last year and, and less playing time. What about 30? I mean, I, I still feel like 30 is a safe bet. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think he's a good source of, of power and speed. I just don't think he's going to do much else. Javi Baez. And, and I don't necessarily buy, like, the breakout. I don't think his skills have taken a big step forward. All right, we're going to finish the show with some more. Grade the trade. Yeah, there we go. Good timing this time. Corey from Michigan. Grade the trade. Give up Steven Strasburg. Get Clayton Kershaw. F. What? <laughs> it seems a little harsh. Um, I just, I, no, I rank Kershaw ahead of Strasburg, so I'll yeah. go C plus. You're, you're wait, wait, giving... did I hear it backwards? I think Chris heard it backwards. You're giving up Strasburg to get Kershaw. Yeah, you're giving up a guy who's currently healthy for a guy who's currently hurt and has a history of injuries. I, I Well, it's I true that Ste- Steven Strasburg does not have a history of injuries. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> fair, but he's not currently hurt, and I don't think we can say Clayton Kershaw's safer than Steven Strasburg. Yeah, he's better, but there have been enough drops in Clayton Kershaw's skill over the last year and a quarter that I don't ne- necessarily know if he's dramatically better than Steven Strasburg to the point where it makes up yeah. for the injury risk and makes up for the fact that, again, one of them is currently pitching in competitive baseball games and the other is maybe playing catch tomorrow. Heath and I both have Kershaw exactly one spot ahead of Strasburg, so the lowest I could give this is a C. Okay. From Ryan, grade the trade. D. Gordon, Mitch Haniger, and a 2019 third-round pick. D. Gordon, Mitch Haniger, and a 2019 third-round pick for Bryce Harper and Brian Dozier. Which side? Is he getting Harper? Yes. That's an A. See, it's it's tricky hearing these. Uh, yeah, he's getting the two the two best players in the deal, Harper and Dozier. I um, agree, that's an A. I mean, in Almost Roto, in Roto, I think D Gordon. Might I think be it's close. Dozier, but it I think it's close. really close. I think they're but both between second Gordon to third round. and Dozier. Yeah, yeah, yeah but you're, hey, this is a win. This is a good trade. Yeah, uh, I mean, but, I don't know exactly what a third round pick is valued as because I don't know how many players are being kept, if any. Uh, but I, I'm still inclined to say this is an easy win. This is from Scott. Grade the trade. Six by six head-to-head categories. Okay, here we go. He gives up Carlos Carrasco, Miguel Cabrera, and Teoscar Hernandez. He will get the best player in the deal, uh, Jose Ramirez and Marvin Gonzalez. Again, give up Carrasco, Miguel Cabrera, and Teoscar Hernandez. Get Jose Ramirez and Marvin Gonzalez. It's probably a C minus. Really, hmm. I I agree with Chris. Yeah, uh, like, like getting Jose C. Ramirez is awesome. He's an incredible yeah. player. He's a first round yeah. player, but I don't think Marwin Gonzalez has much value at all. Okay, I'm not sure he has How more much value does than Teoscar Oscar Hernandez. I, I, I don't think Teoscar Hernandez has less value than Marwin. Well, so let's just eliminate those two, and it's Carlos Carrasco and an injured who knows when he's going to come back, Miguel Cabrera for Jose Ramirez. Okay, I agree. C plus. I still think that's a win. C plus. Yeah, B plus is what I was going to say. Oh, I said C plus, but sure. Oh. It's a. Uh, all right, now now I think it's a win. Sorry, Chris, I'm on team scam. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan in Boston, our last trade. Grade the trade. Head to head categories, OPS league. Give Bryce Harper. Get Goldschmidt and Bregman. Harper for Goldschmidt and Bregman. That's really interesting. I think the trade chart that was just released yesterday, or is going to be released today, I should say, would show this as a win for the person giving up Harper. But I'm always reluctant to give up the best player in the deal. Um, I still think it's a win. I will give it a B. I would say it's a C, but it's not a trade that I would feel comfortable making. I think it's a better trade in a points league because Goldschmidt and Bregman, 
Well, Goldschmidt's striking out a ton, but they're both going to be pretty good with walk-to-strikeout ratio, and so is Harper. But you're at least getting two players who probably have more value in points than Roto. Um, all right, then. Thank you, guys. Chris and Scott, good show. We even got a Who Framed Roger Rabbit reference in there. Did not expect that. You never know what the day will bring. We I will... love Who Framed Roger Rabbit reference. Isn't that such just like a great movie? Like it's just such a random movie. It is like, a random movie. Yeah, it is it's extremely good. Very yeah. good. Movie. All right, thanks everybody. We will talk to you on Thursday. See ya.